Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Gens Nation podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Walters, and we have quite a bit to discuss in this episode. It might not be the longest of episodes, but it's going to be jam-packed with content. I'm going to assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you're a pretty big Oshawa Generals fan. And therefore, I don't want to sugarcoat anything in this episode. Uh, We're all aware of the situation. In games one and two, the Generals lost to the Kingston Frontenacs. And despite a pretty impressive third period in game two, it probably wasn't at all what Jens Nation was hoping for in these first two games. But the series isn't over. But before we look ahead to games three and four, which will be on home ice, we're going to take a look at games one and two. Take a look at some observations and, and just discuss a couple things. So let's get right into it. I don't want to waste anyone's time. Game one, Friday night in Kingston. Actually wasn't a terrible start for Oshawa. They came out in the first period and they played pretty well. They actually had the lead for quite a bit of the first period, just 7-16 into the first period. Callum Ritchie makes a nice pass over to Cameron Butler. I said it last episode, this was somebody I'm very excited to see in the playoffs, and he scores to make it one nothing. We'll talk a little bit more about Cameron Butler because that wasn't the only thing he did in this game. But he did get the game's opening goal, and Oshawa had the first goal of the series, the first lead of the series, and I gotta be honest, that was... One of the loudest cheers I've done all season long for the Generals. Uh, Obviously, some overtime winners were pretty epic, but I don't know. Something about that first goal. I I know we're we're the lower seed going into this series. And to get that first goal, it was like a a jolt of like, oh, we can do this, guys. Of course we can. Um, Butler gets a roughing penalty just a couple minutes later. Chromiak got a penalty. Uh, There was quite a few penalties by Kingston in this game. Unfortunately, with five power plays in this one, Oshawa was failed to register a goal. And that's maybe a spoiler if any of you didn't watch that game. But after the Generals got up one nothing, if you're a Gens fan, you kind of want to forget the rest of the game. I mean, six unanswered goals by the Kingston Frontenacs in this one. It's not even worth going through all the goals. Uh and, and who scored them. Ludwitsky got two goals. He looked really good in this game. I'll, I'll credit where credit's due. Paul Ludwitsky looked really good. He even looked really good in game two, actually. He, he's flying out there. He's somebody who maybe wasn't one of the key members of, of the Frontenacs that we talked about last episode to look out for, but he's turning himself into somebody who we need to pay a lot more attention to because he's looking really good after two games in this series. But I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if, if the coaching staff knows what happened. Uh, it just something. Don't know if it was Oshawa falling off of their game a bit or if Kingston picked up their game and, and maybe that goal woke them up and said, okay, guys, I, I you know, we're, we're the higher seed here, but Oshawa is not a team we can take lightly. And they just turned it around. I mean, six unanswered goals um, for as good as Patrick Lever has been this season it's probably a game he wants to forget about uh six goals on only 28 shots you know i i know i didn't get to talk to lever after after that game um but i know you know he's he expects a lot of himself and and i'm sure he wasn't pleased with that performance but i you'd also be very wrong to put it all on lever i mean the whole team 
it wasn't their game. It wasn't their game. Kingston stepped up. They showed why they're one of the best offensive teams in the OHL. And the Generals were outmatched. They they just they couldn't keep up with the Frontenacs. They really couldn't. They struggled. And ultimately, a a pretty disappointing night if you're a Gens fan to go down one nothing in a, in the series and to have it look six one on the score sheet. It's not a pretty look. It's not a pretty look. So let's just go right to game two, eh? Game two, Sunday afternoon, a four p.m. start. And honestly, I think the generals thought it might have been a six p.m. start. <laughs> no, I. I Right off the bat, three goals in the first period. Um, Lucas Edmonds, Paul Lewitsky again with third of the series, three goals in four periods. Jordan Frasca gets on the board. Uh, I talked to co uh, coach Curtis Foster after the game. He pulled Patrick Lever after the third goal in the first period, replaced him with Zachary Papuzakis. He was quick to point out, and I agree with him. It wasn't all on Lever. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on a goaltender. You can't say all three goals were his fault. And he just he um Foster just kind of said that it was he needed to do something to to kind of try to wake the team up a little bit and the goaltending change seemed like the right decision at the time. Uh, so yeah, within the first 15, 16 minutes of this game, Oshawa was down three nothing after losing six one in game one. Uh, frustrating, I think, is the word. Uh, at that point, uh, in the second period, just one goal, Jordan Frasca with his second of the game. Makes it four nothing, and uh, I think after that fourth goal, King Oshawa definitely started to play a lot better. Um, they played pretty good this the rest of the second period, in my opinion. It they outshot them twelve to six in the second period. I mean, I thought it was a pretty good period, um, but you're still after forty minutes of play, you're down four nothing. It's 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 frustrating. I was, I was watching the game and I'm sitting here and I'm going where like, obviously we know Oshawa can play offense. We know they can score on Kingston. We know they can generate offense. They had chances. Levy Marilinen was really good in the first 40 minutes of this game and, and Oshawa couldn't beat them. And it's, it was frustrating. And then in the third period, we saw a much different story. Uh, Hayes did make it a uh, five, nothing. At one point, I do believe that that, yeah, that was an unfortunate play for Nikita Parfenyuk at the blue line. He bobbled the puck a little bit. It, Hayes was, a, you know, away on a breakaway at that point. He beats Paps to make it make it 5 nothing, And maybe kind of like Butler's goal in game one, it probably sparked, you know, the front, the, oh, sorry, the generals, excuse me, a little bit there as they scored three unanswered goals within the next four or five minutes. Like they just flipped a switch and we saw what Oshawa can do. They can have those bursts of offensive dominance like Kingston showed in game one. The third period was Oshawa showcasing that uh, Dawson McKinney gets a goal off of a nice shot off the backboards. I think it was on purpose by Matthew Hill. Ryan Gagne plays a nice little give and go with Ryan Stepien to make it five, two and not even like I think it was like 23 seconds later goal by Jordan Ertl and all of a sudden it's 5-3 and I think that 5-3 goal the celebration on Ertl's face when he scored that goal 
that was the moment I think that team was just like, oh my gosh, we this we could do this. We could come back in this game. Imagine that down five nothing in the third period. We could do this. Unfortunately, a couple minutes after that Jordan Erdl goal, uh, Jake Murray uh, beats Paps with a shot, uh, his second of the series, uh, making it six three, which was a bit daunting at that point. Uh, in Maryland and shut the door for the next little bit with under two minutes to go. Paps on the bench. Brett Harrison gets his first of the series to make it 6-4. Only 90 seconds on the clock. And unfortunately, Oshawa wasn't really able to generate substantial offensive time in that final 90 seconds. Kingston did a really good job at, you know, just eating the clock essentially, which at that point, that's all you'd want to do. If it was the other way around, you'd want Oshawa to just, you know, waste time on the clock there's no criticism there that's what you do when you have a uh, you know 90 seconds and a two goal lead you just try to every second that goes off the board it's just increasing your odds of holding that lead and that's what kingston did and they and they won so uh they go up to uh two nothing in the series that third period though by oshawa i think that 18 to 7 they outshot kingston they were dominant in that period and I don't know what was said in the third period. Oh, sorry, the second intermission, I should say, before the third period. My assumption was at that point, you're looking for positives. That was my thought, at least, was you're looking for something positive to bring into or bring back to Oshawa for games three and four. And I think Oshawa actually found that positivity. They showed in the second half of that game, out shooting Kingston 30 to, uh, 30 to 13 in two periods. Like that was it was domination. Marylinen allowed four goals on thirty shots. They 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 were aggressive. They were cycling the puck well. They were making crisp passes in the neutral zone, tape to tape, with the you know keeping up everyone's speed through the neutral zone, causing Kingston problems in their defensive zone. And that's that's how they have to play, especially coming back home to Oshawa. One thing we did. I moved on to game two too quickly. We do need to talk about something at the end of game one. And that was, unfortunately, with basically no time on the clock. It was 40 seconds on the clock. Cameron Butler was assessed assessed a match penalty for slew footing, which made him ineligible for games two and three on Tuesday night. He can return on Thursday, I believe, for game four. And after I went on and on and on about how excited I was to see him in the playoffs. And then he gets that opening goal. And I'm like, holy cow, are we actually going to see this inc- like this this version of Cameron Butler that I was just waiting to see in the playoffs? And after the first period or so, I'm like, we are. We're, we're seeing that Cameron Butler, the one that you just don't want to play against for a series. It's unfortunate that that he wasn't able to play in game two because of that slew foot with, with just so little time on the clock, you know, 40 seconds. And... um. I'm sure going to miss him in the lineup on on Tuesday. I'm sure the whole team's going to miss him on the in the lineup on Tuesday. And all we can do is we can we can hope that when Butler comes back on Thursday, he's making uh, making an incredible impact. And he, we all know the player he is, how good of a player he is. So he can absolutely do that. Um, but it's obviously it's a big loss for the Generals to not have Cameron Butler in the lineup for Game Two and now Game Three as well. But that's all I really, I, I don't want to spend too much more time on games one and two. Um, not good results for Oshawa. Pretty much between the first, after the first period in game one and up till second intermission in game two, it was all Kingston. I know that Oshawa had a pretty good second period in game two, but they didn't, they didn't get any results off of it. A goal or two in that second period 
could have made a difference. And what also could have made a difference. And I, I, I don't like, I don't like, you know, saying missed calls could impact a game so much, but when uh, Stuart Roloff was hit with a high stick, I forget which Kingston's player's stick it was. Um, he was hit with a high stick, and he was not just hit with a high stick, but he was, you know, cut and he was spitting blood on the bench. And it's it's frustrating at that point if um, if the game is five six nothing, you 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 want it called because a it's just the right call. But when you look at the game now, and you know that we only lost by two goals. A four-minute power play with the way that we were playing in the third period that we could have easily gotten one or two goals there. Uh, apologize, apologies, excuse me, if we hear any little clatter in the background. It has just started to pour rain outside of where I am recording right now. So, so apologies if that's a little bit of a background noise. But, but like I was saying, Stuart Roloff's uh, getting high sticked there. Uh, I, I did get confirmation that he did get uh, some stitches after the game. Like it was a cut. He was, he was bleeding on the bench, spitting blood. He cut himself pretty good with that high stick. He needed a couple stitches. He'll, he should be all right from what I hear, but it's disappointing because who knows what could have happened. We'll never know. It's impossible to know if that four minute power play would have, would have been enough to help the generals tie that game. But in the, at the end of the day, it wasn't called, a fast-paced game. I know it's tough to get everything, but but surely it's frustrating that that the generals at least didn't get a four-minute power play when objectively, and even the broadcasters on the game, they were even they were admit you know hooking and holding and and all that's well maybe maybe not so much holding, but hooking and and interference. Those types of penalties maybe they're they're up to the discretion of the ref. Sometimes you don't think it's it's bad enough to deserve a penalty, but but a high stick, it's 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 either a high stick or it's not a high stick, right? And so that's why I don't really believe that the refs just decided not to call that one, obviously. I think that they genuinely just missed it, which it's a fast-paced game. It is what it is. It's just uh, I would have loved to have seen what Oshawa could have done with a four-minute power play there uh, with the way that they were playing, especially in the third period. But uh, what did they go for on the pa- – one for three on the power play in game two, over for five in game, in game one – you want to be better than the, you get eight power plays in two games. You want to score on more than one of them. And uh, I'm not going to say that that would have made the, a huge difference in game one per se, but here in game two, it could have, it absolutely could have, but that's it really for game one and two. Uh, looking ahead to game three and four, uh, Tuesday night and Thursday night at tribute community center. <sighs> Obviously, Tuesday night's not a must-win game, but it almost feels like a must-win game. It Oshawa's been in this spot before. I know that the team was very different. But in 2019, in the second round against Niagara, they were down 2-0. It comes back to Oshawa. They win both games in Oshawa, go back to Niagara, win that one, come back to Oshawa for game six, complete the four-game turnaround, win four in a row, beat the Niagara Ice Dogs. So 3 nothing down, I think everyone starts to really panic. You're down to nothing. It's back at our home barn in front of our home fans. We get last change. It has to be a different mindset. We have to approach this a little differently. And we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be unique. It's going to be a unique situation. And, um, we're going to have to hope, hope that, uh, Oshawa comes ready to play. I don't know if they exactly were, uh, don't know if they were exactly proud with the way that they started 
game two especially you know they really want to make sure that in game three they're ready at the opening puck drop i'm sure being at home is going to help three nothing versus two one completely different ways you approach a series Oshawa has to be the desperate team. They have to show that. They have to show 60 minutes. We're going to play the way we did in the third period of game two. Do that for 60 minutes. We love their chances of making this a 2-1 series on Tuesday and then maybe even make tying the series up, heading back to Kingston for game five on Saturday. What do you guys all think? I mean, listen to, you know, appreciate you all listening to this. Um, Let us know what you think. Um, it's going to be interesting 100%. I can't wait to get to Tribute Community Center on Tuesday. I hope to see many of you there cheering on the Oshawa Generals as they try to fight back in this series. They can take it only, not even just like a game at a time. Take it a period at a time. Claw your way back. They've beaten Kingston before. They can do it again. Uh, obviously, down 2 nothing is not ideal, but it's far from over. So thank you all for listening to this recapping game one and two, looking ahead to games three and four. We will do this again after game four, and hopefully we are not talking about the end of a series. Hopefully we're talking about what are the keys as we head back to Kingston. And I guess at that point we're either tied 2-2 or down 3-1 or, or eliminated. Those are the three options. Let's hope for the tie 2-2 and uh, cheer on our boys from Oshawa. So thank you all very much for listening. Hope you enjoy watching, cheering on from wherever you are, the Generals, as they try to fight back against the Kingston Frontenacs. Have a good one, and go Gens, go.